If you think you have enough dice, then chances are you're playing it wrong. And with that, I welcome you to episode 28, season 2 of Playing It Wrong, the podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I talk about, but it's usually about games and stuff. And of course, you never have too many dice. I mean, I always take them with you, but you got them at home. So what's up this week? Oh, well, I'm still working on lots of stuff, and I still haven't got a lot of stuff done. That means I've got to declutter my brain, declutter my schedule, and get more organized. And, well, as they said in the Army, get your shit together, boy. That means probably while everyone else is having fun at Gen Con, or virtual Gen Cons, or pretending they're at Gen Con, I'm going to be working my little hiney off trying to get my, uh, my shit together. Another way to say it, but my shit together. And what happened in gaming this week? Well, I picked up GURPS Dungeon Fantasy dirt cheap at the FLGS, but hey, that's going to be sitting on the shelf for a little bit. But hey, the Labyrinth Lord game was last week, and they fought, and they nearly died of raiding the Ogre Magi crime boss's lair to rescue the Gold Dragon, who kind of didn't want to be rescued because... Parvit was his sister, another gold dragon, is insisting that she get half his horde for rescuing his dumb ass. Now, there was no real highlights. There, there were some fun times, but there's no real highlights that stuck in my memory other than um, they waded through an ogre magi, two ogres, and four drow pretty easily. So I think I may have to crank the screws on them a little bit. Yeah, can't make it too easy on them, but then again, can't make it too hard on them either. And they are going to be well, well compensated for rescuing this guy if they can get out of town. Ha, I haven't gotten him back out of the villa yet, so they're going to have to sort of necessarily guards, but there are other enemies in town that they haven't dealt with and allies that they kind of just blew off because the Paladin said, that's evil, it can't be an ally. Well, yeah, uh, you make your bed, you lie in it. All right, let's get on to this episode and have some fun here. All right, first up, we got a call in from Mark, the Yawning Owlbear Well Ring. Take it away, Mark. Orin, it's Mark from the Yawning Owlbear. Just got done listening to your recent episode of uh, players being able to do their homework. And I can't stress this enough from what I've seen in my previous group. Not that I'm saying I am without my own gamer sins, but I've been in some sessions where I've had one person who was constantly on their laptop even look like they were even immersed in the game, and another one who was falling asleep even during game session. You know, it's like if you're coming together to play something, be prepared and be there to put your heart into it. Like, act like you want to play. Yep. But I guess we all do it eventually. Uh, and at that point, you gotta ask yourself if it's not your stick just find something else to play anyway keep it up man take it easy yes mark thank you for calling in yeah i've seen the phone the laptop going to the other room to watch tv raiding the pantry and of course falling asleep or falling asleep in the next room i have dozed at the table because usually it's because i got bored um i kind of really in a way, forgive the person when they went and watched TV because let's just say we were playing Pathfinder and it took a lot of people and it took that long to get around the table before somebody could do something. So it was very slow. But still, yeah, come to participate. And yeah, I, you know, 
I've had my own gamer sins as well, but participate, damn it. Okay, let's go on with the meat of this episode. And it's sort of along the same veins, because I am rolling back time, and I did a whole bunch of episodes on world building, and there was something I just barely touched on, but I don't think I touched on enough. What am I talking about? I'm talking about when you're designing your world, you're making your world, you're setting up your campaign, uh, any changes you want to make to the game itself. And most of those changes aren't going to be like stuff behind the DM screen, really. It's not going to be, oh, there'll be new monsters and stuff like that. But the number one thing to get the players invested is to change stuff on the player-facing side. And that means races and classes. Now, I know I don't normally do negative reviews, but sometimes there's something that just, like, sticks in my craw, like, what the hell were they thinking? Or, that's not exactly what I was expecting. This, of course, I'm talking about Savage Thule, which I think is what, Sasquatch Games? And the tagline is basically Conan versus Cthulhu. Then, if it's Conan versus versus Cthulhu, then why the hell are there elves, halflings, and dwarves in it? Why are there paladins? They just kind of peg that stuff on because it's D&D standard and it needs to be in any game that's D&D based. That's, well, that's my opinion. I don't know if that's what they did, but it seems that that happens so often in so many settings that are professionally published. Even home settings, people will like plop this stuff in. I've done it. I've plopped those in, even though, yeah, okay, I know somebody was, I don't want to play a dwarf, so yeah, there are dwarves here. As far as races go, yeah, go ahead, either add things that are interesting to the world or change them in a way that makes them fit the world. And sometimes those changes don't even have to be mechanical, sort of philosophical or cultural or just the way they relate to the rest of the world or the rest of the world relates to them. Another way is classes. Okay, pretty much your standard non-special characters, we'll call them fighters and thieves, Okay, they are what they are. There's not going to be anything really special or different mechanically you can do. But magic users, yeah, and clerics, especially clerics with the gods, different specialty priests, different powers based on the gods. Why not just make, I mean, it's a lot of work, but if you have, say, five gods, do five spell lists for the, that priest. So they may not all have cure light wounds or the usual array of clerical spells they'll have some other spells and make some new spells up and magic users make you know so much even from old D&D kind of felt the magic was kind of like press a button and zap magic was supposed to be strange and different but you had to just put it in because there was no mechanical thing that, that did that but what about other classes well depending on your world you can do what you want to um, what I did one is on the assassins. Now, remember I did the old jobs versus class, so this is assassin class, not assassin job. Hey, anybody can be paid to kill anybody else. That's D&D. That's half an adventuring. But it takes someone special to be an assassin. I kind of house-ruled one ability. Remember the old school assassins had that percent chance to outright kill somebody? I changed it. For one, I gave them a bonus to hit and damage based off their intelligence, as if they were a fighter using strength. So you have to look at old school rules to figure out why I just set out, but it'll make sense for all you old grognards out there. Well, I gave it based on intelligence of knowing where to hit and exploit weaknesses. Second, but I still used the, the insta-kill chart, but I used it for a different reason. The instant kill chart was 
the chance of if the assassin kills somebody that they're permadead because let's face it if you're assassin and raise dead is a fairly common spell you're gonna have a lot of repeat work <laughs> which kind of really doesn't kind of defeats the purpose of having an assassin like i killed him yeah he'll be back in a week don't worry about it so go ahead think about your world think about the classes think about the races and you know what sometimes think about other rules too about the way the characters do things and what they know and what they're faced with that make it fit the world so yes i did that little travel back and addition on to world building but this time it's stuff specifically for the players and wow we are moving along here real fast so this is probably going to be a short episode because guess what we're already on some readings from the little brown books so i might do something when i'm done with this so Stay tuned for me to do something totally random and stupid at the end of this podcast. Yeah, I still don't even know what it is. All right, last week we got through the example of play, which was kind of bad. Now we're going on to the wilderness. Once again, I'm not going to read this, but much like in uh, earlier volumes where we always reference chainmail, this one is outdoor survival, outdoor survival, outdoor survival. However... There's a little bit here. I'm not sure if this is some passive aggressiveness or what. But in the second paragraph, we have Blackmore is a village of small size, a one-horse town, while Greyhawk is a large city. It says so. Both have maps with streets and buildings indicated, and players can have town adventures roaming around the bazaars, inns, taverns, shops, temples, and so on. Venture into Thieves' Quarter only at your own risk, unless you're a thief and can talk to them. But, hey, as of this writing, thieves aren't player characters yet. So then we have a whole thing about castles and who's in the castle. So, um, magic users, clerics, dragons, griffins, blah, 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 blah. The referee map. Um, movement in hexes. Terrain penalties. Rest, scale, turn. Wilderness monsters. Sighting monsters and surprise. Lost parties. Wandering monsters. This this part here is, to put it bluntly, pretty freaking boring. I mean, yes, lots of interesting things happen with wandering monsters, but you can't build a whole campaign around wandering around in the woods with just wandering monsters. Oh, you could try. And guess what we have next up? Wandering monster tables. Yay! And more about building castles. Accounting. Yay. And of course we have you know, rumors, information, and legends. Yeah, I'm skipping lots of pages here because you've got hiring specialists. You know, an alchemist costs a thousand a month, but an armor only costs a hundred a month. An assassin costs two thousand per mission. But uh rumors. Uh yeah. Kind of, eh. Character support and upkeep. Players must, ah, here's, this could possibly be a good rule. I know I'm zipping through this, but I'm just, it's, it's, for me, the domain play is the most boring thing in the world. Anyway, <clears throat> it's just my opinion. Get over it. However, like, player characters must pay gold pieces equal to 1% of their experience points for support and upkeep until such time as they build a stronghold. The stronghold is in a wilderness area. All support and upkeep costs then cease. If it's in a village or a town not controlled by the player character, then support and upkeep payments must continue. 
So, yeah. And, of course, we also love the angry villager mode rule. Um, I'm trying to think there's anything interesting there. Um, yeah, there's nothing interesting there. Yeah. And other worlds. Once, hey, finally we're getting to something interesting. There should be no natural laws, which are certain. Space could be passable because it's filled with breathable air. On the other hand, the stars could only be tiny lights only a few hundred miles away. Some areas of land could be gates into other worlds, dimensions, times, or whatever. Mars is given in these rules, but some other fantastic world or setting could equally be possible. This function is up to the referee and what he wishes to do with it. It is necessarily limited by his other campaign work. However, the factor can be gradually added so that no sudden burden will be placed upon the referee. So, don't make big changes all at once. Land combat, aerial combat, written orders, back to our good old war game roots. Naval combat, wind force, back to our war game roots. Like I said, I warned you at the earlier time that I was going to fly through this book because there, this was probably the weakest of all the books. And finally, hey, look, finally, healing wounds. Um, the common wounds, passage of time. Oh, here's an interesting. On the first day of rest, on the first day of rest, you get no hit points. Uh, but every other day after that, one hit points regained until the character is completely healed. This can take a long time. Time and afterward. Much like the first sentence, there are areas which have been glossed over while we deeply regret this necessity space requires that we put in the essentials only and the trimming of will oft times have to be added by the referee and his players we attempt to furnish an ample framework building should be both easy and fun in this light we urge you to refrain from writing for rule interpretations or the like unless you're absolutely at a loss for everything herein is fantastic and the best way to decide how would you like it to be then make it just that way on the other hand we're not loath to answer your questions, but why have us do any more of your imagining for you? Write us and tell us about your additions, ideas, and what have you. We could always do with a bit of improvement in our refereeing. Fight on, and yes, I zip through the end of Volume 3, Monsters and Treasure. I'm sorry, The Underworld and Wilderness Adventures. Why? Because, like I said, I think that's the most boring of the book. But don't worry, next week's going to be really good because it's Supplement 1, Greyhawk. And I've got a long story about that one. Well, like I said, this is fun and I would have some interesting and wonderful thing to say at the end of this. <gasps> oh, wow, I haven't thought of anything yet. So, um, but I do know i got to change up the podcast a bit. I want to put some more bells and whistles on here, shine it up a little bit, shine up a little bit on the old blog. Hence my talk at the beginning about getting my shit together. So with that, I bid you adieu. I hope you have good gaming this week. Roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff. And, of course, as usual, you can find us on Facebook at They Might Be Gazebos. You can find me at the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. It's theymightbegazebos.blog. Or, hey, hunt me down at all sore on the internet. If you're a cool fan, you'll figure it out. All right, thank you for listening, and have a great week.